we have to operate in a market and the market is what multiple people think with huge money about the stocks that you own. So even though in a perfect world, we all would have bought and held Apple after using the iPod the very first time, the reality is, is that things go in and out of favor. And the one way to figure that out is to figure out what institutional money and what these billion dollar fund managers are buying and selling. On this episode of Early Bird, Scott Bennett, founder of investwithrules.com. Scott joins the podcast today to talk about what billion dollar fund managers are investing in, including his research method, specific stock examples, and how investors can get started with this strategy. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited about this topic. We're going to be talking about what billion-dollar fund managers are investing in and how you as a retail investor should know about that. But before we get started, uh, Scott, tell the audience a, a little bit about yourself um, you know, tell us where you are now, where you were where you, previously. Um, I'm sure the audience would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. And first, Stephen, thanks so much for having me again, Scott Bennett. I'm the founder of Invest With Rules. And before Invest With Rules, I was at Fidelity Investments for over 16 years. And I was one of their certified financial planners helping high net worth retail investors. And I kind of worked with kind of every type of retail investor over that time period. So a great experience. But one of the major items and the major problems I witnessed is that when the market falls, a lot of my clients and a lot of investors worry. And when the market crashes, that is when a lot of clients unfortunately panic and they tend to sell at the worst possible time. And if I go back I was right on the front lines in 2008 with Fidelity, and I, I saw a lot of clients underperform, and they sold at the bottom. And despite good counsel, um, I, I, it was just really challenging. And I personally internalized it, and I wasn't perfect. Um, I was chasing stocks and mutual funds back then. I was buying dividend-paying stocks that stopped paying dividends, which was wildly frustrating. And I internalized it. I was like, there has to be a better way. And everything for me personally changed when I went to an internal meeting with a $200 billion fund manager. And it was at that moment I had this like click where it's like, this team has an enormous amount of resources, capabilities, modeling, access. And I realized that they're moving around so much money with their buys and sells that they have to do it slowly. And that gave me this kind of a path to find new research. And if I could figure out 
what not only one, but multiple of these huge billion dollar fund managers are buying and selling, Mm -hmm. then that can give me the edge to get in before they're done buying and get out before they're done selling. And and really at Invest With Rules, um, my mission and my goal is I deliver a very legal and ethical way to figure out what these billion dollar fund managers are buying and selling. And it, it drastically helps people buy with more clarity and sell with a whole lot less worry. Wow. So uh, there's a lot there. First, uh, listeners, definitely check out Scott's website, investwithrules.com. Uh, it's, def- it's a wonderful website. Um, but to your point, you know, w- w- uh, what exactly do you mean by you're checking in on what, you know, billion-dollar fund managers are, are investing in? Well, what, what exactly kind of is that? Yeah, so there are public SEC filings that any very large institutional operation that manages over $100 million, they have to show their holdings at the end of every quarter. So they kind of have to really pretty much open their cards and kind of lay their cards down as a snapshot at the end of the quarter. And the reason that the SEC wanted all these huge funds to do this, very simply, is it it drastically increases transparency, confidence in the market, and kind of overall integrity. So hedge funds, ETFs, mutual funds, pensions, insurance, uh, registered investment advisors. So all of these huge players have to show their holdings. And they do that pretty much um, four times a year. And it makes headline news. At Invest With Rules, I figured out a way ethically to figure out what they're buying and selling about three and a half months quicker for a large majority of that money. Well, I'm glad you're doing it ethically, legally. That's really good. Um, tell me a little bit about that strategy. How were you able to sort of make those to- those, ty- those type of assessments? Yeah, so every single month I deliver a report to members and I share a lot, of, um, lot for free as well. I do produce a video once a month. And pretty much what I'm doing is I'm looking specifically at three things when it comes to the buy side and the sell side of the report. So what I really want to see is large dollar buying. And a lot of these huge funds, they can't buy over the course of one month. They have to buy over several months if it's one of their best and brightest ideas. Mm. I'm also looking for very large share increases. And I'm looking for a kind of a month to month impact that they're actually causing. And then finally, if they're buying enough, that means that they're actually moving the price or they're moving the market capitalization. So how much the value of their of that stock is. So I'm looking at these things incredibly close. And that kind of usually drives down to about 10 to 20 stocks every single month. And I get really excited when I see names repeat month after month because this is their best and brightest ideas. And and then on the opposite side, I'm trying my best to avoid what they're unloading because, again, they have to unload slowly as well. Ooh, interesting. So give, give me an example of uh, maybe something somewhat recent uh, where you, you notice this type of trend in the reports. Yeah, I'll give you a, a few very recent. So these uh, I'll give you a few names that just have been on the um the buy side for three consecutive months. And again, I'm always 30 days delayed, just everything isn't uh, immediate. Um, But I'll give you one name, which would be like a Freeport Mac Moran, which is a ticker symbol FCX. It's only down about 7% from all time highs. It's a 
mining copper, mining uh, precious metals company. And we do live in a world where commodities are drastically increasing. And this is a way that these large funds are playing the commodity boom and the, and the real estate boom, where if anyone puts their house on the market, even in today's environment, it flies off the shelf, uh, given they can actually have um, the supply is there. Um, I'll give you another one. Um, this is a little bit smaller cap, but a Diamondback Energy ticker FANG, FANG, yep. uh, down only about, as of today, about 5% from all-time highs. So when you see the stock market down 10% or, or the tech stocks are down, gosh, almost 20% for, for the year mm-hmm. uh, or from all-time highs, these stocks are being kind of like a they're they're being kind of buoy. They're they're like holding up nicely because they're receiving this institutional buying. And this is this is these are two names in particular that are commodity based, where some of these large funds have been hiding. So using these two funds as, a, as an example, let's say it's uh, you said Diamondback, right? One is one of the stocks. Correct. Let's say Diamondback. What did you notice in the in the reports uh, specifically, and how does that type of information help retail investors? Great question. So I, I gave you two more commodity-based items, um, but I look at the report from a general perspective. So I try my best to take a step back every month and look at the report and see if there's any kind of bigger trends that are developing. And as you can definitely notice, it's uh, this is an environment where commodities have done exceptionally well. And in an environment where the markets pull back pretty significantly, um, you've seen energy and oil actually up significantly this year. So it's giving me themes. So areas that I've seen um, huge funds kind of head towards, especially as we're getting, um, it's been a more difficult environment. I would say certainly commodity-based investments have seen a lot of attention. Uh, Other areas have been more defensive areas like defensive healthcare names, um, healthcare plan providers. Um, Another area that's um, certainly seen some love has been um, kind of the other side of the barbell has been travel. So there's been an enormous bout of kind of travel uh, regression where everyone really wants to get out there and travel now that some of the COVID numbers are falling. Mm-hmm. And a, a company like Booking um, has seen some attention too. That's a little bit more on the growthy side, um, but it's only off 6% from all-time highs. And people are trying their best to plan a trip because they haven't really done that in an awful long time. And so... For example, if, if you've noticed a trend among billionaire investors, hey, they're going into, you mentioned booking holdings frequently, does that signal, hey, maybe this is a stock that retail investors should take a look at? Or inversely, if if they were selling a lot of booking holdings, is this a stock that retail investors should potentially stay away from? That's exactly it. Um, so if they're adding and consistently adding, it should be on your radar. Um, and if they're selling, then it should definitely be something that you might want to really consider unloading, obviously, given your risk tolerance and all the ramifications. Um, but this is an environment where large money is heading towards safer healthcare names, uh, an environment where it's more commodity-based, um, lower PE, older tech companies that kind of we haven't talked about in a long time. And a lot of the hyper growth names have really been punished. And they're on a lot of the sell side of these billion dollar fund managers. And I always think, too, it's really important to notice and to note that we're not buying the funds. So what we're doing is, let's say, hypothetically, a huge fund has 150 holdings and 
let's say 50 of them they're buying, 50 of them they're holding, and 50 of them they're selling. I just really want to know what they're buying and buying a lot of. And I know I really want to know what they're selling and what they're selling a lot of. And I don't want to own their fund. I just want to own what they're up to. Good advice. When we return, we'll hear from Scott about his stock strategy in 2022 and how investors can get started with this strategy. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Scott, today we are talking about uh, what billion-dollar fund managers are investing in. And I think this is incredible research that you've dug up. I I think it's an amazing angle and it's one that investors really should take a look at. It might give them a key into sort of surviving this market. Um, when you look at the stock market in 2022, it has not gone well so far, uh, two months in. Uh, why is this type of research more relevant now than ever before? It's a, it's a great question. And what I would say is I follow two very hardened and very, I think, relatively straightforward rules. And it's buy what billion dollar fund managers are buying in uptrends. And I, I want to emphasize the word uptrends because we there aren't that many things in uptrends. So we need to be really clear on where we should be heading. Okay. And then vice versa, sell what billion dollar fund managers are selling in downtrends. So this is, I think, obviously, it, it's better to do this at all time highs, but it's really good to note, okay, well, if you look at the merchandise in your portfolio, I think it's incredibly important to know what are big money doing relative to what you own, because what most people do, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it's just, we tend to buy what we know. We buy something that we use in daily life. We buy something that we hear in financial media. And the reality is, is that can work, but we, we have to operate in a market and the market is what multiple people think with huge money about the stocks that you own. So even though in a perfect world, we all would have, bought and held Apple after using the iPod the very first time. The reality is, is that things go in and out of favor. And the one way to figure that out is to figure out what institutional money and what these billion dollar fund managers are buying and selling. Mm. So even after the so-called meme stock revolution of a year or two ago, even with all the retail investors going into the market, it's still very much an institutional market, you're saying. I very much believe so. And if we go back to that time period where those meme stocks worked, a lot of them were kind of um, thinly traded, heavily shorted uh, names that happened to do great when we were in a, a really kind of great environment for growth. So economic growth was accelerating, inflation was accelerating. And now we're in a different environment where economic growth appears to be slowing with headwinds of geopolitical tension, but more importantly, the Fed tightening. So those meme stocks, because they're not getting the institutional sponsorship or those billion dollar fund managers buying, you're getting kind of more smaller players trading them. They have huge headwinds, but where you really want to be looking is where big money's going because again, they have to buy month after month to get their, to get their best ideas to a decent size in their portfolio. 
And they're, they're going after their favorite names that have a great runway for the next three, five, and 10 years. And it's typically not those uh, thin, heavily shorted kind of meme stocks. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so let's say you're a retail investor and you, know, you want to be able to start tracking these funds. You want to track billionaires. You understand the value in why it's important to track how they're investing. Uh, how would you recommend that they get started in this? Um, it's a great question. Obviously, um, uh, it's it's hard not to share. Investwithrules.com <laughs> is something. This is really what I do for members. Um, and I also think it's really important to know and how to identify where you are within a trend. Um, and I think it's important to identify and just kind of look. I mean, it's on the headline news. So whenever um, Warren Buffett makes a trade and you find out four and a half months later on the reports, it, it's intriguing. I mean, it's really interesting. And I think it's so important to know not only is Warren Buffett buying, but what other billion dollar fund managers are also buying. So you get kind of group think and it pushes the price up. So I, I think it's important to look at, um, you can do this on many different softwares and platforms for those 13F reports. But then if you want to get a little bit quicker data, I hope I can be helpful to you. <laughs> but uh, still maybe good to educate yourself, re start reading 13F reports anyway. I think it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, and I think there, I mean, the reality is, is there are reports that are quicker than kind of four and a half months later. But the reality is, is not, they're not typically huge money. The only time I remember recently that it was huge money, but it was headline news, it was everywhere. It was when Elon Musk was selling shares of Tesla. <laughs> so he has to report that in, in essence, kind of same day, I think it's 13G or D reports. It's a different SEC filing because he's an insider and he's unloading and or buying. But I, I do think that, Insider buying and selling is also fascinating. The only challenge is, is insiders can sell for a million reasons. Um, it could just simply pay for a child's college. So you don't, you really, it's hard to figure out exactly the reasoning, but they only typically buy because they like the outlook. So I do think insider buying is an, also a, an amazing confirmation. And I use that plus 13F reports as confirmation to my research. So, so you've been researching this topic for a few years now. Um, is there anything this year that jumps out to you as unique when doing this research? Um, great question. Um, unique. I, I, it, I, I do think that, great question. I would say that there's more people heading towards more value-oriented names than before. Hmm. So I think we've lived and experienced this amazing 10-year bull market in growth stocks. And when a large fund needs to create liquidity, they go after their biggest, largest funds or stocks to, to sell, to go buy something else. Um, and it's a really interesting thesis that there's a, a chance that this huge, massive growth and this large cap tech that we've been so accustomed to, um, your top kind of eight holdings in the S&P 500, uh, history shows that those top holdings are not usually the exact same holdings 10 years later or 20 years later. So we could be reverting back to a world where if inflation really is uh, lingering and here to stay, um, a lot of those high tech, high growth names might not be your the kings of the, the top 10 of the S&P 500 going forward. And that's something that I'm starting to see now where um, a lot of the selling is going on with those large cap tech and a lot of the buying is going elsewhere. Wow. So with, with that in mind, is, is it, does that mean 2022 really is turning into the year of the value stock? 
Um, it very likely could be. Um, and it's a, it's a time where they're also playing defense. So we've seen um, there's a couple of areas of the market where you look at some healthcare names and they're trading at 2018's prices. So you're, you're seeing this kind of some areas of the market are really deeply discounted. And then also, I mean, some area of growth has been really deeply discounted. So underneath the surface of the market, even though the S&P uh, as of this moment is down around 10%, underneath the surface, there's a lot of damage. So I, I think maybe a lot of funds might be waiting for this to happen where they can scoop up their best names on sale. And I, I, I guess, well, every month I like to look and see where the, the trends are. So real quick to wrap it up, is there any piece of advice that you would offer to retail investors who want to get started into taking a look at this type of research? Yeah, I would say we live in a world now where commissions are free on most brokerage platforms. So I think it's just really important to start and to start small. Um, and I also think it's really important to understand the trend, to understand the trend of the big picture, as well as what these billion dollar fund managers are doing. So you can have dry powder when the market is kind of closer to more of a bottoming type situation. And I, I can't tell you how many times I work with clients where most of the public is in these kind of pie chart portfolios. And what they're doing is absolutely long-term correct, which is rebalance. So when the market goes down, they're buying more shares of stocks and they're selling more bonds. This has been a really hard environment where both stocks and bonds are both down. So one of the things that I always suggest is to have a sell strategy, to, to a, a way to identify a downtrend so you can have that dry powder ready to go so you don't get hit as hard on the downside. So my advice to not only know what these huge funds are buying and selling, but also a way to identify the trend of the market so you can be ready to go when the market kind of is more of a, uh, a pattern where you should deploy more of your capital. Wow. Good advice. Uh, Scott, thank you so much uh, for coming on the Early Bird podcast today to talk about uh, this important topic, um, what billion-dollar fund managers are investing in, um, before we wrap up the show, I just have one final question, and it's the big question uh, for today. And that question is, if you had the power of teleportation, where would you like to go? Oof. Um, great question. Um, so um, as someone who I don't uh, – when I was younger, I loved to travel. Uh, now, not so much. Um, so – Teleporting sounds magical that I, I don't have to go through the rigors of the airport and or in the car. So where would I go? It's um, as of right now, it is 11 degrees in Denver, Colorado. I would go somewhere warm. Um, let's go to let's go to Hawaii. That's far enough away where it's warm, where it, there's no plane trip involved. Thank you again to Scott Bennett for sharing your insights on investing. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.